The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented, of course, by DraftKings, and we had to bring him back. After producer Jack uh, alleged that the Titans fired him via social media, we had to bring our guy Nate Tice back on the show because I didn't even get into last week some of his all-pro thoughts, which I was really curious to see how he differed from what the voting came to be. So Nate Tice is back I'm fired up about that. Love those of you that spread the word via social media. We're giving you the answers to the test. Just reply to any of the live streams. We're looking. If you reply to the live stream, you will be the winner. you got a great chance to be the winner. And I've got some of the coolest press passes of all time. Texans, Ravens, by the way, this Saturday, my last game in the booth. Trying not to get sad. Sponsor confirmation email winner. You can take advantage of any of our sponsors. You know how I feel about West Shore Home. Then you've got DraftKings. How about the Game Time app? Glorious. Go to one of these games this weekend. YouTube shout out, always cool. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'll do a video for anybody or anything you want. And then the patron of the day, we got a bunch more patrons after I mentioned it on Even Money Podcast yesterday. How about Chris Lawrence? Patreon.com slash RT Media. Be a part of the family. They're just like you. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. He is back. It doesn't happen very often where we essentially turn an interview into a two-parter, but that's exactly what has happened with my new best friend, (laughs) Nate Tice. Absolutely. Look, any guy that played quarterback that talks about blocking wide receivers and tight ends as much as Nate does – that guy's automatically invited back here on the Ross Tucker football uh, podcast. I mentioned this last week, but you can check Nate out on social media at Nate underscore Tice. By the way, you can learn a lot about somebody just based on their their bio. Life journeyman, there's nothing prettier than a Randy Savage elbow drop. I love that. Nothing. I miss the Randy Savage elbow drop. But anyway, it's funny because I had a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to Nate about last week, including the all-pro team. 
But we started talking about his dad and other things. And next thing I know, we were I like 19 ramble. minutes in. And these episodes <laughs> are typically 25 minutes. So I appreciate you coming back on the show, Nate. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, the one thing we didn't even get to in the last episode that I wanted to wrap up on, which I think is another edge that more teams, NFL teams, need to do more often. And we're seeing this success on some level with like the Dolphins and the Niners in the regular season. Michigan in that national championship game last week, having the extra O-linemen or multiple tight ends or having the O-linemen off the ball or wider and then inserting the tight end inside – now, credit to Washington, they adjusted more in the second half. Mm-hmm. But I think what people don't realize sometimes, Nate, and I know this is kind of your specialty, I think they want to say when a team is having running success that the O-line's just mashing them. Right. And they're just killing them up front, right? And by the way, that might be the case. They might just be <laughs> yeah. knocking them backwards, right. knocking them down. That might be the case. But also... What Michigan did was, and more teams I think should do this, and I think the uh, Shanahan tree does this with their tight ends and fullbacks, they create extra gaps that defenses aren't used to having to defend. Mm -hmm. And so they lose gaps. And even if they keep gaps, you know, these safety, sometimes corners, sometimes outside backers, they don't see a ton of, fullback lead stuff they're not even sure sometimes how to really fit it or take it on and that's how they have some success like they have in the running game so I thought that was really cool for Michigan and I think I'm a little surprised more NFL teams especially I guess bad teams right like yeah don't don't do that more often with creating extra gaps to try to create some confusion for the defense well yeah the the team it kind of fits the teams that use six offense alignment a lot are the Browns with Bill Callahan. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, he's going to get some, some, some beef out there, but the lions, which famously or infamously came up a couple of weeks ago against the Cowboys with using a six offense alignment. But that is, that's absolutely because also another thing is you're just talking about the motion and everything. I thought Michigan's heavily designed run plays were awesome because they were, trying to mess with so they'd ship the formation strength a lot and you could see defenses trying to go like Alabama got caught several times with their safeties not rotating down because the new formation strength and everything um, so they're just trying to catch you that little half second I've thought of course the Dolphins are kind of right now this year kind of the famous team for using motion because it's just so much speed and you can just see it when you're watching them the Rams this year and even the Packers a little bit all Shanahan guys but the Rams this year, how they've used motion in the run game has been really cool. Um, just using, they're a lot of 11 personnel, just three receivers, but just using their tight end right at the motion. I just been calling it a speed motion and they'll just run duo, you know, right down the gut. But what they do is they switch the form, the tight end side, right at the snap of the ball. So they have him do like a kick out motion on duo. And I think so many times duo, I love duo and anyone, I, I, I hopefully you do too as a former officer. It's like my, my favorite run play because it has answers to everything and you can run out of anything. But what I think is so cool is as defenses have gotten smarter, they go, all right, you're in this bunch formation to the R right. Okay. Well, if it, you guys run duo, it's going to go to the tight end side, but then right at the snap, flip that tight end to the other side. 
now the fort that that runs going to that side that backside defensive end who thought he was going to be on the backside is now at the point of attack so he stands up and then now he's not attacking that tight end we just talked about tight end blocking and like you know how it's iffy right now this helps that because you're creating surprise like sun Tzu would be very proud of this like just creating surprise a surprise element with all of this but i think those teams they're going to get copied like i've already seen the steelers copy it you know steelers were trying to grab it at anything this year they're like uh uh, that play, does that play work? But they played the Rams and also in a week later, they're using the Rams run concepts, which I thought was really funny. It's a copycat league. Um, but like you said, um, offensive line, I think a lot of people just go, oh, they're beating them up up front. How much of blocking an offensive line play is numbers and angles? That's what it is. It's just manipulating the angle. So you're attacking upfield. I kick you out from the side. You're slanting. Okay, we're going to force you down the field. Like that's just what all that is. And I think that's why, Linemen are obviously smart. I know I'm pandering to the crowd here, but it, but they are because it's just numbers and angles. Protection is just a number count, right? It's just, okay, three over there. All right, well, we better slide <laughs> like because we have to get the numbers right. And I think that's what's so funny about line plays. Everyone thinks it's just, oh, it's just the pure grittiness, which it is a lot of it, but it's like there's so much about just math and, and figuring all, out, all, all this stuff out. And on top of it, you just talk about blocking tight ends being an edge. There are no linebackers right now in the NFL. There's barely any, like, truly three down that can do everything well. I can put them on one hand. Well, let's take advantage of that. Let's use a fullback. Let's use a tight end. These guys were 228-pound converted safeties playing in the MAC two years ago. And now they have to fit up on Juszczyk or Alec Ingold, and they're moving at the snap. Like, yeah, lean into that. And I think more teams are realizing that on offense as they went more spread. They were going like, oh, let's, let's get back to the... Let's get back to the bully ball. <laughs> and I think it's, it's going to be pretty cool. That's why I was pretty high on the Falcons this year going into the year. Cause I thought that's what their whole offensive identity was going to be. They kind of simmered <laughs> obviously with their head coach getting fired, but I thought that they were ahead of what I call, you know, the meta META. They were ahead of it before anyone else was. It just didn't work out that well. Other teams did it well though. Nate, uh, before we get into some of your thoughts on the all pro teams, I know you have an all pro team and I'm, I guess I'm most interested in sort of the outliers you know the ones yeah. that you feel like like it doesn't do a lot of good to just go over the guys that everybody would have on their all pro oh, team Williams left tackle <laughs> yeah yeah that doesn't that doesn't really help us uh but before we do that I think I remember over the summer correct me if I'm wrong but Dane Brugler came on I can't remember if it was this show or the college draft podcast and he said that there were NFL teams that had Drake May ranked higher than Caleb Williams. And that like sent shockwaves around social media. Like what? No, no, Caleb Williams is the best. No way, Drake May. And I think people were like tagging you on it. People were like, like you were like, and so it begins. Tell me about that. It sounds like you were even coming into the year pretty high on Drake May. Where do you stand on, on those guys and the quarterbacks heading in the draft, especially with the teams that have the first three picks. Oh, man. I I think the world of May. <laughs> I I watched him in, in in last May after the last draft, and I had obviously watched him and Caleb Williams and a couple other guys, Daniels, uh, even before that. But this was like my true study session. Okay, four games. Let's watch every throw. Let's clip some for some likes on Twitter. You know, let's, let's, let's put some notes down on all this. And I'm watching May, and I'm like, 
all right, this is this is okay. If I'm watching the elite quarterbacks right now in the NFL, this is what they look like as far as athleticism, as far as size, as far as pushing the ball, as far as being aggressive over the middle of the field. I, I truly think attacking over the middle of the field, that kind of 10 to 22 yard area um, where there's digs and seams, benders and stuff over the middle where all those bodies are, that's like shooting a three, like for quarterbacks. That's the toughest shot, but you got to make them. Like it's modern NBA play. It's like you have to make that shot now. So I get worried when I see quarterbacks that don't throw those or, but I like quarterbacks a lot that make a living off that already that, that they already in college making those hard throws. He handles protections against, uh, against NC state. He's changing line slides and changing it into a full new sprint out protection against blitzes. So it's like, all right, this guy's a redshirt sophomore. They've already given him protection stuff. And it's like, okay, those are just little signs that you see. That's like, okay, that's good. That's good. That because day one of the NFL, they might do that to him. And they're like, okay, well, what if he was like, I've never even huddled before. You know, you you get some of those different transitions for these guys. I think to me, he has everything you want. It's three level accuracy. Um, I think some people have made uh, the stuff that he was his big negative last year was he'd work back in the pocket trying to create a play. I think he's done a much better job this year of stepping up and out of the pocket, which you need to do in the NFL. But on top of it, he's one of, if not the best scrambling quarterback in the NFL, which I think blows a lot of people's minds. I just, I can literally say that statistically. Um, he is, I think he had the second highest rate of first downs per scramble. Um, I think he runs like a four or five and change at 230 pounds. I think this, I just think May has all the tools and the play style that the elite quarterbacks of NFL today, he can play within structure and out of structure. But if you can't tell, I really like him. <laughs> I think others are catching up that like, oh yeah, this May guy is pretty good. He had a terrible team around him as far as offensively. The O-line was very leaky. The offensive system was very basic. He didn't have a lot of catching help, but he maximized it to the fullest, brought his team back several times. And I still like Caleb. And I still like Jay, uh, Jane Daniels a lot. Um, I think just that it, to me, it's pretty clear that like he has all the check boxes to what you would take at the number one spot. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like people that, feel strongly about something like that, almost as strongly as I feel about Labatt Blue Light. Nate, you know <laughs> what it, when I was in Buffalo. So we used to, on Fridays after practice, go to the Big Tree Inn. The whole table was full of Labatt Blue Light, and thankfully Drew Bledsoe paid the bill. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Love okay. That. Love that. So now, 30 minutes later... <laughs> Let's dive into the all-pro team that I was hoping to have you on the show on last week. Um, man, you're, you're, I, we could have I long conversations. Uh, but let, who are the guys, give me two or three guys that are on your all-pro first or second team that people listening or watching YouTube.com slash NFL would be like, wow, whoa. Yeah, I would say my first team center. And I think this guy fully deserves it this year. And it's not a, a knock against the guy who's my second team center, but my first team center is Frank Ragnall from the Detroit Lions. I think he's been phenomenal this year. He's battled injuries on in a couple games. He missed two and a half games. But other than that, when he's out there, he, he at times is the most valuable player of this Lions offense. More than Goff, more than the receivers, more than Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery or Sam Laporta. I, I think he makes that system go. I think uh, their offensive line coach, Hank Fraley, does a great job. Uh, changing the run. They run every type of run concept possible, but just their protections are just the rules are some of the best I've seen. You can tell he's a former player because they get that 
Like <laughs> if you're bringing a blitz look, they're sorting that stuff out. And Ragnall is the part of that. So I wanted to give him a nod. I originally, I, I was torn between him and Jason Kelsey in a first team, second team. I think Tyler Linderbaum had a great year as well for the Ravens. That would be if I had a third team, he'd be on there. But I think Ragnall, I want to give him a tip at the cap as my first team All-Pro center. Yep, I can see that for sure. And he's got, he's got, I don't remember what it is, but he's got some type of injury that like is never going to go away. Never. Like they can't fix it and he just has to play through it. I yeah. don't know if he practices. I don't know what they do. Do you know I what know. it is? I for, I'm forgetting right he now. He does though. He has a medical thing where it's like, he's always going to have an injury every year. Um, I want to say maybe a nerve thing. Like I, He that, has some type of injury that like yeah. they can't fix it. He just yeah. has to manage it for as long as he wants to continue playing football. I need to find <laughs> that out. All yeah. right. So give me another one. Okay, uh, my second one of my second team receivers is DJ Moore from the Chicago Bears. I I felt like they they traded for him from Carolina, but I watched you know I wanted to peek in on you know how Justin Fields is doing this year, right? How's Darnell Wright, the right tackle, looking? Okay, watch them. Then all I see is week in week out, DJ Moore making plays. Knew he was a good player, but now getting into actually somewhat competent quarterback play for a consistent quarterback play as much as Justin Fields can be as a thrower he's looked amazing I, I didn't realize how much yard after catch ability he maybe had I thought he was more of like a deep ball guy or more of an intermediate guy he's been fantastic all three downs the entire season even when Bag Bagnet was their quarterback Bagnet Baguette <laughs> I always mess up his name Bajan. 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 I always call him Bagnet because I, that's all, how I read it uh Bajan, thank you um even when he was the quarterback they he was still performing so I, I wanted to get him on the second team even though that was pretty tough because there's some other good candidates up there so i did uh falcons at the bears week 17 for cbs in the booth yes he did and dj moore is definitely better than i realized i mean they could not stop him and he's he's like a running back when he gets the ball in his hands but he does all the receiver things and interestingly nate you'll appreciate this uh because your dad went to maryland right yep so DJ Moore, because I did one of DJ Moore's high school state championship games. Okay. He was not one of the five best players on his high school team. What, what, which high school was it? The math? Imhotep Charter oh, in Philadelphia. Okay. okay. So they have like 10 D1 guys yeah. a year, right? Yeah. yeah. And he was like good, but there were other guys, you know, DeAndre Scott who went to Arizona State. Yeah. Like, there were other guys that... I remember DeAndre Scott. That's so funny. I was at Pitt at this time, and we recruited DeAndre Scott. That's okay, yeah. So, yeah. so funny. There, there were guys that got more attention than DJ did. He went to Maryland, and the next thing you know, it's like he's really good, and you know he's a first round pick. And uh, I mean, in, in Otep also didn't throw the ball very much when he yeah. was there, but it's pretty cool what he's been able to do, and sort of the example he is for the city kids. While we're on it, I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on Fields, Nate? Because he was awesome. Yeah. In that Falcons game. That first but touchdown. To it Moore just seems was... like he still makes some of the same mistakes in terms yep. of taking sacks and stuff. And that might be the former offensive lineman. Me. It drives me nuts. Yeah. But then there's also like twice a game he'll break free from a D lineman for like a long run. I know. He's the hardest. I was high on him coming out of college. He's finally looking what I thought he would look like at Ohio State. But still, it's there's a huge difference between fun and good. And that's what he is the hardest one for me to like, kind of go like, ah, all those great plays running out of the sack. Um, the touchdown throw to DJ Moore, I thought was brilliant in that game, the little in the corner of the end zone. That was an unbelievable throw. But I brought this up when I was talking about Drake May. 
doesn't work over the middle of the field consistently. You can't run quick game with him because he has a long throwing motion. So it's one of those guys where he takes off some from the plate or from the table and puts stuff back onto the table. It's like now you have to figure out how much he's taking off. I think with their decision, I view May as a better prospect coming out of college than I, I even thought of Fields, and I was pretty high on Fields. The discussion is if they like prefer Caleb Williams because Caleb Williams has a lot of the same kind of issues that Fields has as far as you know maybe going look to create a little too often, um, could be inconsistent throwing over the middle. I think Fields is a way bigger and better athlete than Caleb Williams, which is also what causes me pause sometimes with Caleb Williams. That he's 215. What does he run, actually? You know, as opposed to Fields, who's 230 and runs like a 4-3. You know, that's where the trades... Fields that's that. is strong, big, and fast, and fast. for sure. He is, he's the fastest guy in the field, no matter what. And that's the difference. So, for me, with the Bears at the number one spot, I think they should still go with May. There's the whole contract spot, but also I just think May has even more upsides than Fields does. Um, but I just think Fields has done nothing but make it hard. And I, I, that's awesome. I feel like how he's played this last six-ish, seven weeks. Once he came back from injury, this is the best he's ever played, and he should be commended for that. Having said all that, I think May might still be the answer <laughs> for the Bears at number one. <laughs> Got one last one, Nate. Give yeah. me one more guy oh, on your all-pro first or second team that's kind of an outlier for you compared to others. I don't know if this is a total outlier because he's, he's getting some love, but I was going to say Quincy Williams, linebacker for the Jets, yeah. is my first team linebacker. Um, I, I really liked him. He flashed on film the last year, um, and of course he had the celebrations. He is a – I mean, I haven't seen someone throw spears out there since Goldberg in WCW. Like he, this dude is just whacking guys, like just knocking them out with these shots and then celebrating after I made him, I put him on first team. I think he deserves it. He's at the very least second team. I know he's gotten some pub this year, but I, I had to give him a shout because he's played tremendous football for the jets. That jets defense never died. Like they, even what was happening on offense, they kept fighting and he was a big part of that. I was so impressed by them that they came to play seemingly every week and every never week. gave up and play good football, even with what was going on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. Nate, thank you so much, man. Back-to-back -back weeks. Love having you on the show. Didn't mean to take up this much of your this time. Back-to-back -back weeks, but had to get into it. Make sure you check him out on social media, at Nate underscore Tice. And, of course, the Athletic Football Show is a great show that you guys should definitely check out as well. Nate, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Love Nate Tice. Almost as much as I love the Game Time app. This thing is so cool. I mean, seriously, to be able to put up any city and see exactly what the prices are. So I like to do, I like to see what the prices are of the game I'm doing. So the cheapest ticket right now for Texans Ravens Saturday on the Game Time app, $113. If you're watching on YouTube or DKN, I'm showing you the app on my phone. I am familiar. I know there's other ticketing apps or websites out there. I've used some of them before I found out about game time. Not even close. It's not even close. You can literally see the view from your seat before you buy. They actually tell you all the prices up front, and you can buy the tickets in seconds with just two taps. Plus, the game time guarantee means you always get the best price. How does that work? Well, if you find tickets in the same section or row for less... Game time credits you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Ross for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, so again, create an account and redeem code ROSS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
Ducks takes. All right, Ross. We'll start the Saints. They have fired their offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael. Not entirely surprised by that. Pete is an awesome guy. My rookie year in 2001 in Washington might have been his first year in the NFL, Jack. So when I was on scout team, he would be the guy that showed us the scout team cards. Hard to believe it's 23 years since that was back in 2001. I think he's a good coach. They did not score as many as much as they want. I think Dennis Allen feels like he needs to make some sort of change and be able to sell that to the fans. And usually firing the offensive coordinator is pretty popular because every fan can call the plays better than the offensive coordinator. Eagles setter Jason Kelsey has told teammates that he is retiring. So I'll probably talk about this on a Ross report this week on social media as well, at Ross Tucker NFL. Kind of makes me sad that that's how Jason went out with this epic collapse to end the season, as well as that brutal game against the Bucks. But at least he's getting to leave the game on his terms, and not many guys have that fairy tale ending. It just unfortunately doesn't work that way. What does work, Jack, is DoorDash. Make it easy on yourself. Order in on DoorDash. Now you can root for your squad or your picks or your fantasy team while your food and drinks are on the way. That means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, so much more, and it's delivered straight to your door. Mike Tomlin tells the Steelers players that he's not going anywhere. So he has one year left on his contract, and it almost never happens that coaches allow their contract to expire. But I think Tomlin is like such a hot commodity, or would be, especially next year when the market's not as many great coaches as there are this year. I think he's probably intrigued by the idea of being a free agent and either able to coach other places or get into television. He might be the rare coach that actually wants to go in to the last year of his contract, which would be interesting. Two other notes, by the way, Jack, before I forget, the Texans put wide receiver Noah Brown on IR. So he's out for the rest of the postseason. And Tyler Higby did suffer a torn ACL from that hit from Kirby Joseph. Really unfortunate But these safeties, they cannot hit high, especially against a tight end like that. I I understand why he went low. Just very, uh, very unfortunate. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. But we're not done here because I love MyFrontPageStory.com And I love those of you that get stories for your loved ones, especially your significant other, for Valentine's Day. Why would you not go to MyFrontPageStory.com and get the coolest gift they've ever gotten? I'm telling you, I'd be shocked if they didn't think it was the coolest thing anybody's ever gotten for them. It's unique. It's different. Do it. MyFrontPageStory.com. Love BackOfficeSchedule.com. SteakhouseSports.com. HumanHeadNYC.com. Sporticulture and my delicious pizza boy brewing.